0: Welcome back to another episode of Dear Found Her. I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk. If you have a young child, chances are you know the name Dr. Becky. Well, you'll hear the story of how I met Dr. Becky Kennedy in today's episode. I wanted to share that this conversation is a complete full circle moment. As you may know, but for those of you who don't, in 2010, I started a community which later became a company, connecting parents and parents-to-be to to the best products, resources, information, and each other through live events and online. I grew that company to reach 3 million users per month, working with some of the biggest brands in the world, Target, Nordstrom, The Honest Company, Unilever, Kimberly-Clark, and hundreds more." And in 2019, I made the decision to sell that company to a large agency holding company based in Orange County, California. About a year post-sale, three weeks before we were supposed to start our very first large scale activation in 300 Target stores, the pandemic shut it all down and forced us to stay home. In a matter of moments, I turned our company's strategy from an events first to a content forward organization, and I took that entire target program and we put it online, saving all seven figures of revenue. Despite the fact that we couldn't host events in person, our profit margins were far higher during the pandemic given the low out-of-pocket costs for virtual events. One of these events was with Dr. Becky Kennedy. During a time when she was just getting started herself, I invited her onto my company's platform to share her advice and to support parents through her brand new company. Dr. Becky Kennedy is a clinical psychologist and a mom of three recently named the Millennial Parenting Whisperer by Time Magazine, who's rethinking the way we raise our children. She specializes in thinking deeply about what's happening for kids and translating those ideas into simple, actionable strategies for parents to use in their homes. Dr. Becky's goal is to empower parents to feel sturdier and more equipped to manage the challenges of parenting. And today, Dr. Becky is here on Dear Founder talking about how that company began and the lessons she learned along the way. As I am a year into my 2.0, now as a business and marketing consultant, coach and public speaker supporting female founders and aspiring entrepreneurs, I am beyond honored that Dr. Becky is here to support me and my new endeavor. If this conversation today inspires you, I want you to share it with a friend or share it on social media, tag me. I will absolutely come say hi and I will likely reshare it or leave us a review on Apple or subscribe to the show. All of these conversations that we have here are so amazing and important for more people to hear. And when you do these little things like sharing the episode or subscribing or leaving a rating or review. It helps the show to get discovered. It helps spread the knowledge and wisdom that we share here through the stories every week, and it helps our community to grow. But most important, it helps our mission to support as many female founders and entrepreneurs as we possibly can. I cannot thank you enough for listening and thank you for being here. But without further ado, on to today's episode. Welcome back to another very special episode of Dear Founder. I am beyond, beyond, beyond honored that today's guest is here today. And as many of you know, she hardly needs an introduction. She's a household name. But I do want you to hear how this conversation came to be and what it means to me. So in April of 2020, we were locked in our houses and an old friend of mine who lives in Los Angeles, I'm going to give a huge shout out to Brad Deutsch because I know that he would love that, reached out to me and he told me he had started following an Instagram handle, Dr. Becky at home. And I needed to not only follow her, but I had to have her on a Facebook live for my old company. We were at the time deep in the trenches of quarantine and everyone was losing their minds, especially every parent. And Brad insisted that I needed Becky to ease the minds of our community who were millions of parents across the country. So in late April 2020, Dr. Becky Kennedy joined me for a Facebook Live meant to educate parents on how to be at home with their kids and how not to lose their minds. But even though we all did, we ended up having Dr. Becky guide us through those first few months and every moment since then. When I met Becky Kennedy in 2020, she had less than 10,000 Instagram followers, and today she has an entire team, a podcast, workshops, a membership, and as of this month, a New York Times bestselling book, Good Inside, A Guide to Becoming the Parent You Want to Be. She's been featured on Good Morning America, Today, CNN, and honestly, every major news outlet out there. Time Magazine recently named her The Parenting Whisperer, and those 10,000 followers they're over 1.4 million. I can truly say that I have been a fan since the start and watching Dr. Becky Kennedy go from an expert on Instagram to where she is today has been truly incredible. I am so damn proud of her and all that she's achieved. And today I am so honored that Dr. Becky Kennedy is here bringing our relationship full circle, supporting me in the first year of my new endeavor. So, please come on in and meet the one the only Dr. Becky Kennedy, founder of Dr. Becky at Good Inside. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. That is such a thoughtful uh,
1: intro, Lindsay, and it's such an honor, like you said, to be here in kind of this full circle moment. I know there will be many circles for both of us after this, so we'll keep meeting when you know they overlap,
0: and I hope that we do. yes, so thank you, Becky. I mean, when we hopped on, I the first thing I said to you is like, holy shit, we are both in such different places than we were, you know, two and a half years ago when you and I first connected. And the funny thing is, I realized the other day I have your cell phone in my phone from when we did that live, like which is just I mean, it was just such a different time. And did you ever think did you ever think that this is where that would take you?
1: No, you know, I I mean, no, I guess like my pause in answering that question is that like there's a nuance to the no, like definitely no, but I really think I have a pretty inward gaze about like this type of work. Like what's interesting, what lights me up inside, what um, creative idea do I have? What excites me? Who else can I connect with about this? What do I learn from that? And that's the gaze. And that's the pathway that like drives me. And so, and I'm, I'm realizing this as I'm talking this out with you, Lindsay, like I hadn't pre-thought this answer. I'm just, I'm having a new idea as I talk to you. So I think one of the reasons I pause when people ask me and people have asked me before, like, did you ever imagine that this would be where you were? And without a doubt, if I had to choose between yes and no, my answer is no, it's definitely a no. But I would say is like, I really follow that like inward compass and like excitement and like lit up feeling. And, and so I trust that that feeling and that process is like going to lead to the things, you know? And so I guess I, I'm, I've always been less concerned with like, where is this going to get me versus how can I keep cultivating this feeling and keep learning on that pathway?
0: I love that answer. And I'm so glad that I caught you off guard because no. that answer is so genuine, just like you. No. But I want to start with the history of your company. It is still so new, and yeah. which is so crazy when you think about how much you've accomplished. But I would love to for you to take everyone back and talk about kind of the origins of how you got started and where, where this came from and what has happened over the last two and a half years.
1: Yeah. So I guess like, you know, this, the start, you know, is probably this lunch I had with my good friend, Salon Shapani. Um, and she's an entrepreneur herself. And I was talking to her about this product I had created for my daughter in this, uh, for her sleep troubles. So I'd kind of was just talking, honestly, she's one of my best friends. I was just sharing with her, I did this thing and, And basically it was something to help her fall asleep and really operated on the principles of attachment and connection and building lifelong skills as you're solving short-term problems. I always try to build kids' lifelong skills as we're solving their short-term problems. I feel like as parents, we have to be efficient with our time. Yes. (laughs) So, um, and then I was saying, I've actually started recommending this product to people with divorced parents and who miss their parents. Cause it's also about separation and for sleepovers and the kid used it on sleepaway camp. And I just remember, she's like, we should make this, like we should make this product needs to exist in the world. And it just kind of excited me and really spoke to my passion to do something outside my practice. And so we started working on it. And she led me through all these really powerful exercises around like, what are my values? What is my mission? What do I care about? And then through working on it and even having this prototype that we developed, I started writing. And then to make a long story short in this phase, we realized together, like this writing and my ideas really lit me up inside way more than this product. Like, I think the product was just an entry point to like explore so many different ideas. And so we paused the product and then I put out my first Instagram post solely because I'd written hundreds of pages of thoughts down and now had no reason, you know, do anything with them. And so... And then that was like two weeks before the pandemic really exploded in New York City. And then I ended up two weeks later when I had 200 followers putting out a post about the pandemic and it really went viral. And then a couple months after that, I realized there's so much more I want to say than Instagram allows me to say. I would put out these carousels of posts that had like so much content. And then I wouldn't understand the caption limit. I'm like 2,200 words. I have like 22,000 words. I have so much to say. And (laughs) I can't express like the depth here. So then, I don't know, I think I was talking to a friend and they were like, you should do a workshop. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, just like do a live event so you can speak about these ideas. So I was like, okay, how do I do that? And I was like, I don't know, I guess I've bought things on Eventbrite before. So I would like sell a ticket on Eventbrite for a virtual Zoom, I'd tape the virtual Zoom. I'd send people out a private YouTube link after so they could watch it after. I would then had people say, I couldn't make it live. Can I, can I buy that? I was like, I guess I could sell you this, this YouTube link. Like, it was just like, you know, really just getting started. And then toward the end of 2020, I started like having so many bigger thoughts. I was like, wow, there's so many workshops I have. And parents, I think, are sold this idea of like, here's a course you need. And I'm like, we don't need a course. We need to work our parenting muscle. Like we need to build our parental fitness. And the things I've always loved about the ideas I share about parenting is it's like, learn it once, apply it forever. We don't need one course for toddlers and one course for elementary and once, no. You need to learn principles and then you need to learn how those things apply in every situation. Again, just for efficiency and to really feel like a sturdy leader rather than someone who's just constantly kind of playing whack-a-mole. And so toward the end of 2020, I ended up having a conversation with a good friend of mine who was also a clinical psychologist, but it had a lot of different kind of like adult experience since. She had a lot of experience in venture and business and investing and kind of the entrepreneurial world. Um, And her and I remember exactly where I was. I was probably talking to her like October, 2020, November, 2020, like within really five seconds of talking to her. I was like, Erica's going to be my partner in this. She's going to be my business partner. It's like a little bit non-traditional. She's not like, she hasn't worked at like this startup or she's also a psychologist, but we had trust. We have completely different temperaments. I'm like a big picture. Let's push this forward. Move, move, move person. She's like a real detail oriented. Let's be thoughtful and look at, you know, kind of all the different things around us person. Um, You know, we were at each other's weddings, like so much love for each other, both moms of three. And she also tells me, she's like, I knew within five seconds of the conversation too. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, Becky and I are going to like make this into a real business. And so then January 1st, 2021, we like created this business, right? We called it Two Things Inc. Because we always talk about two things are true. And from there, a lot of things followed, right? Then it was the two of us. And then we realized a couple initial initiatives that we wanted to put out content in more compelling ways than social media would allow us to. We wanted to bring content and community together um, for truly the first time. There's no platform but ours that truly brings original content um, side-by-side with really authentic, um, engaged community. And we also wanted to develop Good Inside to be a real approach that um, coaches could learn, right? And people could really do in their practices and elsewhere. And that was just our initial goals. And we're like, okay, we're gonna do all of that. So that was January 1st, 2021. A couple of months later, I changed from Dr. Becky at home to Dr. Becky at Good Inside when we realized, you know, Good Inside was at the foundation of everything we were doing. We hired three people at that point. They were all initially contractors. They are all currently, like, you know, still full time employees. And there's a lot in between this you can get into, but now we have 21 full time employees, probably like 20 to, I don't even know, 30, 40 contractors, you know, but. 21 employees who have like, you know, really work at a company. They have insurance, the whole deal. Half of them are in our New York City office. We have this like awesome office that people actually come into. Um, And we are plowing forward with our really our content and community platform that I think is really changing the game um, for parents to finally get all the resources and support that they deserve in one place to be the parents they want to be.
0: The whole story is really just so incredible and so amazing. And I do want one of the biggest thing that I want to point out is that despite how much has changed in your company and in the world also around us, I want everyone here to know that Becky Kennedy is the same Becky Kennedy that I hopped online with two and a half years ago. I mean, really and truly, like just as welcoming today as you were two and a half years ago, You, you really have not, you inside have not changed. And that is something that I think is so important to say, especially to someone and about someone who has grown as much as you have on the outside. Well, that means
1: a lot. And yeah, I think that there's so much inside, inside me, like in terms of ideas and things that excite me, there's so much going on inside the good inside company. There's so much inside my family with three kids and my husband and also my friends. Like there's so much inside my life that, um, Yes. A lot of stuff outside, I feel like has changed. I call it like outside stuff, you know, and that's all, of course, it's been amazing. Um, but yeah, there's too much
0: inside stuff that keeps me busy to <laughs> the to <have any laughs> other outside stuff kind of take over. Guess what? I have a couple spots open on my coaching calendar starting November 1st. Many of you have asked how you can work with me one-to-one to build your community through sustainable social media practices, partnerships and collaborations, email marketing, and more. Earlier this summer when I announced I was taking clients, the spots filled up in less than a week. I've taken on many clients since then and my calendar has been pretty full until now. But the good news is that my calendar is opening up a little bit and I'll be taking on a couple of new clients later this fall before the holidays, just in time for the new year. So if you're interested, grab 30 minutes from the link in my show notes and let's talk about how we can work together to build your community for bottom line growth. I cannot wait to meet you. One of the things that you said when we when you first started telling the story was how you went on Instagram and you shared this post and it went viral. And you, you know, you didn't have that many followers and, you know, a couple of things there. One, like, it's not like you were some early adapter to Instagram because you weren't. And, and, you know, a lot of people that I talk to here on this podcast have huge followings because they started their Instagram accounts in 2012 and 2013. And that's why they have a huge following. You know what I mean? So you also went viral during a time when everyone was home. And so a lot of people did capitalize on that moment. However, I always talk about you with my clients and and I have a lot of clients that um don't have young kids so they might not be as familiar with you as most of my old clients were um and most of my peers are but I always when people are struggling with like how to show up online and how to be on Instagram I always say like go look at Dr. Becky Kennedy because oh. She and and I say, like, scroll back to the beginning and look at her now. And it's very similar. And I always, always, always say that you are an example of someone who just showed up and still does show up very unapologetically. You know, you're not made up. You're not perfect. And you don't want to be. You don't try to be. And you're just yourself. And I do think that there is a very big element to that first viral post. Th- that is why you, it went viral because you were just you and you were just a normal mom, like everyone else who was like screaming on the inside.
1: Well, thank you. And yes, you know, over the course of my, I guess this part of my career, people have asked, me, they're like, someone asked me, I'm just laughing at this. They're like, what do you say to yourself to like, um, to like, you know, kind of boost yourself. To just like go make a video without makeup, without, and I was like, oh, I just like never thought about it. Like, that. like, I wish I could tell you it was like a big personal growth that like, that would be a better story. Like I do. And I just tell myself, it doesn't matter. I just, and I think it goes back to Lindsay, actually how we started. And maybe this is something that can be generalizable to most people. Like when you find out what really lights you up inside and everyone has something and maybe you don't call it that. Like Eve Rodsky and I always talk, she calls it a unicorn space. I just call it the feeling that compels me. I was like, I am lit up inside and these ideas and these thoughts and these feelings like they're too big to contain in my body. So they actually explode out of me. So it looks like I, if it looks like I had an explosive thought that I just had to share in a workshop or I had to share on Instagram, it's because that's how I experience it. And then when that stuff happens, like it just takes over in the best way, like how I look or a typo on Instagram, like it just like, isn't where your focus is. And yeah, I do think that that's what really compelled me in my early days of Instagram and and still compels me today. I
0: mean, but you're, you just have a very big knack for connecting with people and it's because you're just like everyone else. You just have information that we don't have and you're sharing it in a way that we can digest it, which is obviously so, so important, you know, but I mean, people don't watch people that they don't connect with online. So, you know, that's a very big part of, of your, obviously your business It's you and your connectivity. But I, I, I think one of my biggest questions for you is when did you realize like, holy shit, I have something. This is like really big. Hmm.
1: Um. I mean, a little bit. I felt that with that post right away. Right. So that was like the first time I was like, Ooh, you know, I remember my sister-in-law sending me my post that someone had reposted on Facebook, but they took out my name and where I was. So they posted <laughs> it at their own, but, and, And she's like, I can't believe this. But I think the two of us were like, oh, like, I guess that was like a really powerful post for someone to do that. I was almost like flattered. I was like, oh, okay. Um, So there was that. Um, And then I feel like there were these Instagram milestones. I remember getting a swipe up when you used to have a swipe up at 10K, when you had 10,000 followers, you got a swipe up. And I remember my sister-in-law even, like, I think I I still have like her text, like screenshot like swipe up, (laughs) swipe up, you know? So there was that, um, there was when people started stopping me on the streets. And this is something I actually still love today because, you know, it it doesn't feel like the way you'd stop someone on the street. If you saw them in a movie, it feels like, you know, these people, you know, I've been a, I've been a part of their journey. Like, like let's talk about that for a second,
0: because I mean, you are very recognizable. I mean, alone on Instagram, you have a million and a half followers. So I know that like you and you say that you don't mind and you love that, but how has that impacted like your greater life and your family? Yeah. You know,
1: I don't know. I heard I hear my thought that says like it hasn't, but like if someone else said that to me, I'd probably be like, really? Like, um, so and think of something more nuanced. Like concretely what will happen is I'm like walking with my kids somewhere or I'm at some museum with them or I'm at like a sports game or something. And someone will come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, are you Dr. Becky? Like, and then they'll say some story about it. Like, I am a part of your membership and like this workshop you did and the way of interacting there has been so meaningful, or I followed you or I listened to your podcast or I read your book, right? They'll like say something. And then, you know, it's been generally like very, very positive. So people will tell me a story of the impact that this has really had. And like what I, and then I'll get back to how it's impacted my family. But to me, the thing that always happens, it's so interesting, is it's never like, and now my kid doesn't hit their sibling anymore. Like that's not actually ever what someone says. People always say to me, they're like, I feel like a more confident person. They're like, I asked for a raise for the first time in my life, or I asked for my husband to actually wake up with our kids one of the weekend mornings. And I actually slept in for the first time in, seven years since having kids. And it's because of the work I'm doing at Inside. And so like hearing that I'm part of people's journey of like empowerment, and I always call it sturdiness, which then of course allows them to show up as the parent they want to be and help their kids stop hitting. And then they always say to me after, oh yeah, yeah, my kid stopped hitting, but that's actually so low on the list of like the most important things that have changed. It's just, that's like the best feeling to hear about other people's growth journeys and to know that I was alongside them for a part of it. And then in terms of my kids, they're all different. You know, like one of my kids will roll their eyes and be like, oh, that's so annoying, you know? I Um, have
0: one of those also. Yeah. And And I am by no means anywhere near your level, but in Chicago, when we're approached from like bumper people, like my oldest will be like, oh, really? Like, right. And then like, you know, one of my kids after will be like,
1: that was really nice to hear mom. You know, like I have one of those kids too. And then you know, I think big picture though with my kids, you know, everything I've done, well, stuff that I know lights me up, and I feel, I I think it's just important for me. Like I'm a more fulfilled, happy person. I feel like I'm living in line with my own values. Like, still, a lot of it makes me less present at times. So like, oh, my book did really well. Like, yeah, like that was amazing when I found out it was like the number one New York Times bestseller. Like that was amazing, and also it's like a symbol to my kids of like, mom does more work travel than she used to. And if I, you know, center their experience of it, of course that's primary.
0: (laughs) When we first talked, you were still seeing patients at your practice. I mean, you know, and so, and that really wasn't that long ago. So when, when did that change?
1: (laughs) That changed slowly and painfully. And with a lot of denial and resistance from I, mean, me. I was
0: gonna say, is was that something that was very hard to give up? Because that's that was that was inherent something inherent to what you did. Very hard to get up, give up.
1: Yes. And so I will say now I have given it up. And there are people I'll like check in with here and there, you know, but anyone who really feels like regular therapy would be a benefit of their life in their life, I'm not the right fit for. So when I started, I was you know, starting my Instagram. And I was probably seeing like, I had probably 16 sessions a week. You know, I used to do them in two days, probably during the pandemic at home. I spread them out a little bit just to manage, you know, the craziness that was all of our lives. And then what ended up happening is like, I just increased hours. So slowly I was like, wow, I'm now working like 40 hours a week, 16 client hours. What's the math? 24 other hours. And then I was like, wow, those 24 hours became more. And then you know, I got to this point where I was like, wow, I feel like there's this choice. Like either I keep seeing my clients or I like see my kids. Like, I really mean that. <laughs> and, and then there was this other level of like, I'd, you know, finish a work meeting as we were like building our company now. And those meetings weren't clinical at all. Right. Cause like the, Role I play a good inside. Yes. I'm like, I'm obviously head of content. Everything from the content comes from me. I am also the CEO of a community and content, you know, company. So, you know, me with my head of product and marketing and engineers and data, like, you know, that's, that's what I do too. So to come from a meeting like that and then try to like ground myself and check into a one-on-one session, I, I honestly felt like I wasn't the therapist people needed me to be or I'd have to cancel sessions. And so it was a slow process. Um, but probably in, you know, sometime basically 2021 end of 2021 early this year is when, you know, everybody who I'd been seeing
0: really shifted to other therapists who made that transition. Um, and I had some, I had those endings. The best part? There's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. You know, part of why I ask that is because so many entrepreneurs, when they're starting out, it's their side hustle, not to say that good inside was your side hustle, but you did still have this other very big part of your job that many entrepreneurs could equate to like their corporate career. You know what I mean? And I think it's very important to share when to make that break and when you decided to make that break and when you did give up something, just like many entrepreneurs give up going to the office or they quit their job to pursue their like passion project side hustle or their company that is just too big. Like in your case, it was too big for you to move on and to your point, be the therapist that you wanted to be. But how have you dealt with the embracing kind of all of those new roles that you just put on the table? Because you are a psychologist. I mean, that's what you are. And when I talk yeah. to a lot of professionals, a lot of professionals are like, Oh God, I just, you know, want to be the professional. And I don't all these other business things that I have going on. It's like really hard to wear those hats too. So mm-hmm. how has that been to embrace like the marketer, the content the like, you know, you, I mean, not that you're doing all those things, but you definitely like have your hand, like you said in them. And that's a, that's a big departure from seeing patients in your clinic. For sure.
1: Yeah, you know, I do think there's always been these parts of me that like were dormant, you know, in a lot of my careers. I'm a very business-minded person and that. I love to think big. I love to think about, you know, things creatively. I love to think about what can scale, you know? So my husband and I used to talk in my private practice. I love working with clients and I felt like I was really good at that work. And also we used to be like, yeah, like how can we bring this to more people? Like the fact that people feel like, oh, my life has changed. I feel like, a, you know, I'm more at home in myself. I feel more confident. Um, and so it's always been a part of me that I haven't just been able to tap into to like think about um, expanding, you know, that. The other thing I'll say about psychology, and I love talking to psychologists about this. It's like every business is a business of humans and motivation and fear. And shame and connection and feeling good enough. Like psychology is relevant in every single business and it's relevant in terms of your business product, but it's also just relevant from your business team. As you think about managing people and you think about systems, right? So everything at Good Inside in terms of just the clinical or the parent coaching work or our approach is all about looking at kids and systems, right? That's why we work with parents that like parents also come often come because they say the kid is struggling. And then we reorient to center the parent, not because it's parents' fault, but because they are the CEO of their family system and systems change from the top. And so then if we zoom out from that and look at it more macro at Good Inside, okay, well then all the things I've always helped parents with to feel sturdier, to help kids have boundaries and be seen and kind of to help kids grow and do their best all of those principles are at play when I'm actually the CEO of the company, good inside. When I never think about my employees as kids, but I do think about it with the same leadership structure. So I don't need to know the ins and outs of the thing my head of product needs, you know, knows. I, I've definitely learned a ton. Eric and I always joke, both of us were like, the language we know, the terms we use, the terminology. But that's language and that's stuff. And while I'd never be an expert at that, I can learn it. But what I think I am really good at and what I think Erica, as my co-founder, is really good at is understanding people and understanding systems. And I think running a company where your two leaders understand people and psychology and systems and motivation and what gets in the way and what encourage and how to get the best out of people. Well, that's what we help people with and their families. And that's what we do internally in our own company.
0: So something else that I want to bring up, you said at the beginning that you wanted, when you and Erica first connected, you wanted to build a product that you could potentially have other psychologists or coaches adopt. And I bring this up because it is so important when you have a business that you are the face of the business, that there is some element of scalability where you are not involved. Mm -hmm. So- I would love for you to kind of touch upon that. And, and if, is that something that is being pursued? Is that something that's in the future? I mean, cause that's the part of the business that like we as consumers don't necessarily see, you know, you like selling your method to other psychologists to pursue. And, and, but I do, do you understand what I'm saying. Like, I think that it's so important to have that for your own sanity, because there might come a time where you want to take a minute and you don't want to be on Instagram all day or you don't want to be doing press for your book or whatever. And you but you have this viable part of your business that's still going because other people are using your approach. A
1: hundred percent. That's like definitely core to everything we think about. And it's actually like again where good inside as a company really intersects with good inside as an approach that people are using in their own homes. Like people really rarely come up to me and say like I said the script you said. I, I, I use your words. No one really says that to me, which I'm glad because that wouldn't be in line with my philosophy. I feel like, again, people say, I feel like a sturdier version of myself. So I think that's really important with everything we do is that we this is not like Dr. Becky's company, which would really center me. I feel like in our approach, parents are really centered. I really believe every parent has inside them everything they need to be a sturdy leader. And we've just developed things that block ourselves that used to be adaptive, that are hard to, you know, kind of move away and we all need, company and like, you know, we need all need help accessing that. Well, I feel like it's really the same good inside. Like my goal is for this company and it already has happened. I actually think to be like so, so much bigger than me, you know, and that happens in a lot of ways. Number one, we already have trained our first cohort of good inside coaches and even good inside collaborators. So we've parent coaches and we've people in other specialties too, who work on our membership platform, who are all trained in our approach and they run. So for example, our director of clinical training, Kelly, or some of our key good inside coaches, Jamie, Erica, Julie, Anna, like they all run live events on our platform. And those live events are insanely well attended and people love that they can go and talk about neurodivergent kids, deeply feeling kids, sibling dynamics, um, the intersection of parenting and race with someone who will hold some basic principles, but then will apply their own knowledge, their own experience, their own style, their own tone. And, you know, they can be privy to all of that information and nothing. I really really mean this, makes me happier than when a member, you know, a member reached out and said, podcast club on the membership, which is run by a parent and one of our coaches. It's the best live event in the membership. I, I never go to podcast club, right? Like, I'm like, wow, the best live event in good inside membership is an event that I not only don't run, I don't even attend. Like that is amazing. That is so amazing. And so I just think that's like core to everything we do to have this, not just from like, I think the business terminology or the business concern is like, is there a key woman risk? You know, that would be like this, like very limited way of saying it. And I would always say like, like, yes and no, but like, if you actually understand what we're doing, this is so much bigger than me and it's already become that.
0: And you sharing that though, is so important for people to hear because you've, you've built your business through those principles from day one. And a lot of people don't. And then they get stuck in a place where they're like, Oh shit. Like, how do I pull myself out of it? How do I, you know, and I had that own issue in in leaving bump club. Like, I I mean, I was the face Mm -hmm. of it and, and, it wasn't in a place where i could leave it was it was really a tough scenario and the fact that you have built it this way in such a short time and you just shared that is so important for people who are listening to this so thank you for that because it's i think the number one thing that you did to make your company where it is today i mean and and that's like aside from you know the growth and what we see on the outside it's just so important to have that for also for your own sanity as a founder Yes, <laughs> right, so how yeah. how do you I, I I don't believe in balance. I'm not gonna use that word, but like how do you like keep track of this all? I mean, how do you, I mean, you have like a lot more on your plate than you did two and a half years ago. Yeah,
1: um, so you know, I guess a couple things come to mind. Number one, I feel like there's three like big buckets in my life, and one is work, one's family, and one's friends. And I do feel like the times that I'm really, really leaning in, like I can do two of those. And like the third one always takes a hit. So like on my book tour, like I was not like, I don't usually lean into work, but work was like taking over in a different way. I was like traveling, you know, I was away a lot. And then in my other time, it was really important for me to like see my kids and spend time with my husband. And so, you know, from September to like mid-October, I was like, I literally like haven't seen my friends and my friends are a really important. My part of my life. Um, so I do think thinking about things as seasons and being honest with ourselves, like especially when one bucket becomes just that much busier, there is probably a season where, like another one gets neglected and just naming that and talking to those people, right? So I text my friends, be like, I miss you guys. I can't wait to catch up. Like, you know, basically, I'll see you at the book event I'm doing that you're attending. I like, probably <laughs> want to talk to you for another month. you know, so there's that. Then I think, like, I'm a big fan of something I call like, just like PYC, like protect your calendar. Like I always think about that. So I think, you know, in work, we schedule meetings. With kids, we schedule their soccer games and like scheduling in time proactively for things that matter to me is something, frankly, I'm like really good at. So for example, except when I'm traveling, every Thursday, I have this group of friends I work out with and we work out And then we have breakfast together. Like often at like my apartment, like I'll like cook eggs and, you know, I don't know, cut some strawberries or something like that, right? And I get to work on Thursdays at 11 as a result. And everyone at Good Inside knows that the reason Becky doesn't come until 11 is because of that. Like I name it, I don't hide it. And like, that's what I do at Thursday at 11. So when someone says to me, like, even someone exciting, like, oh, love to have a meeting, like someone I want to have a meeting with, right? And then it's like, how about Thursday at nine? Like my answer is no, like it's, I'm not available Thursday at nine. And I think some people do this thing. They're like, I guess, and I'll cancel that thing. Right. Or they haven't scheduled that thing for themselves. And maybe it's not being with your friends. Maybe it's something different. And then your time looks available. And then you get to the end of the week and you think like, I never have any time for the things I want to do, which might be seeing a friend. It might be exercising, or maybe it actually is picking up your kid from school one day. Right. And if you haven't calendared that in, something else will take over your calendar.
0: The other- I cannot agree more with you. I'm sorry for cutting you off. I mean, I yeah. have I didn't do that when I was working previously in my previous life. And that's probably why I was miserable. And now I do. And I feel so much relief because I do have, people. Somebody asked me yesterday, how do you have time to be having lunch with me right now with all the things that you have going on? And I said, because it was in my schedule.
1: Exactly. Exactly. If it's in your calendar, you'll do it. Exactly. So, and then I also think the thing about a calendar that like I you know Erica and I always talk about this is even if I do a free time and someone makes a request like my calendar doesn't dictate in that way what I do like I dictate what I do my mm-hmm. calendar might say Becky you're free but Becky might say I don't ever want to have this meeting or I might say actually in theory I'd want to have this meeting but when I think about the calls on my time and how I'm actually thinking about my meetings and what I'm prioritizing um no it doesn't rise to that you know, that, that barometer I've set. And so even though my calendar says I'm free, I'm going to email back saying I'm not free. Right. And I think, again, I, I think it actually relates, Lindsay, to what we started with this, like, do we tend to gaze out or gaze in first? And like, both are important. Right. But like, I really do think about the practice of gazing in first. So you get an email for a meeting gazing out would be like, well, what's going on in my calendar. Maybe you never gaze in gazing in would be saying, do I want to take this meeting? Do I want this? Why
0: is that going to be good for me? Thanks for <laughs> taking my meeting.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but but as a result, you know, I, I really don't feel resentful often in my life because I, I think that is a feeling when we didn't speak up for our boundaries and our needs early enough, strong enough, and often enough. And I think we don't do that when we're a ha- in the habit of taking what's given to us or saying yes to things that are asked of us instead of pausing and checking in with ourselves, um, and creating a life that we actually, you know, want to live. And so I think that that's, that's the thing I try to focus on instead of the elusive balance that nobody has.
0: I have two more questions for you. Are yeah. you okay with time? Yeah, let's do okay. it. So my first, my second to last question for you is mm-hmm.
1: penultimate. I always like to use the word penultimate
0: whenever I can. I mean, second <laughs> to last a word in the English dictionary. So here we go. Your penultimate question. What's been the biggest challenge for you with this explosive growth? I mean, this is, you've experienced a growth that not many people experience in the timeframe that you've experienced it. And that's, that's a very real thing.
1: So I think there's a couple things to answer that. Number one is probably my own unrealistic standards. Because my first reaction to your question is like, I wouldn't say it's explosive. Like, so... (laughs) <laughs> that's probably what I'd say. Um, I was like, I feel pretty gradual. I feel like there's so many bigger things we want to explode into. So, so I guess I fight my own demons first. So that that would be my my own, which I've struggled with long before I was a founder. Just, um, you know, my own ability to pause and just like find enoughness instead of what's next or moreness. You know, I um, that's my personal struggle that definitely comes alive here because there's nights that, like what I say to my husband is I'll be so overwhelmed, Lindsay. And I just go, like, I go. I used to have a good life. <laughs> like, oh, this is so overwhelming. There's so much to do. I used to have a good life. What did I do? And we got to like laugh about it. But it's a sign of me saying like, I feel overwhelmed. Like there's like so many things. But
0: thank you for me. being honest about that. Because it doesn't matter how big you are as a founder. Everyone has those moments, even Dr. Becky. And so yeah. I, like it's and and you and I, you know we we kind of talked about this before I hit record we you know I said to you like, holy shit, like, oh my god, you know and and I love that you're being so honest about this, so thank you, yes,
1: so I think there's that um and another another um. What are the other challenges? I mean, I think the biggest challenge right now, just to be totally honest, besides that chronically overwhelmed feeling and like that sea song between, oh my God, this is amazing. And like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. What did I get myself into? Or, you know, often both feelings at once. So it's just, it's just figuring out um, of like all, there's so many things we want to do at Good Inside and there's so many opportunities and figuring out the balance of like things to start doing and move into. Versus things that are like, no, not now. And like, yes, that's a great opportunity, but it's, you know, cause you do too many things at once and none of them get done well and right. even more sleepless nights and just more unsustainability. So I guess that balance of like excitement and move forward with, you know, the boundaries and the no's or the at least not yet. That's like, that's my current biggest challenge.
0: Wait, I lied. Cause I have one, one more penultimate okay. question because I okay. want to give you the chance to answer this actually. Um, so you just said like, not knowing what's, you know, what's next or what to pursue, what is next? You just, you just came out with the New York Times bestselling book, but uh, you know, you have, you're on the bestseller list, but what is next for good inside? The good inside platform, like our membership platform is
1: where like that to me is like our focus, everything else. It's not like, I'm not proud of the book I am or a podcast, but to me, that's the stuff that surrounds what I think is going to be. And already has been like truly game-changing For parents um, that I really believe, number one, we need resources we trust. And number two, I truly believe we can't learn in a meaningful way when we feel alone. And so you need to combine resources and content with community and connection and conversation. And when you do, um, it changes everything. And then if I think more long-term than that, I think, you know, a whole generation of parents, and I'm going to say it more directly, often women, starting to actually replace feeling overwhelmed with feeling empowered, starting to replace feeling like they have to do it all with, with, oh, maybe I can do some things for myself. I I think that is the power to change the world. I I really, really do. So what we're looking to do next is is make our product even easier to use, like meet parents' really busy schedules. So we can really say like, this is a habit you can do every day and you can do something low effort that has huge impact. Um, And continuing then to figure out How to have all of that kind of content and those dose lessons side by side to this insanely amazing, like best in class, only of its kind global community that already exists on the platform. How to really harness the community
0: um, is, is next on our agenda. So this is my last question for real. What would you tell a founder who's just getting started out three things that they should be doing? Um, number one,
1: I would say immediately start to carve out time, um, for something that, you know, is good for you, lights you up inside is fun, is meaningful. That has nothing to do with work. And like, it's easy not to do that. being an you're like, oh, well, like when things get busy, but I think it's just a life practice of like, I am not one thing and I will not let. My identity be subsumed by any one thing, both for my own mental health. And if I want to actually create a sustainable, good business, that that's important for the business too. So I would say, you know, do that. That's pretty concrete. Um, number two, I would say kind of something similar to, I would say to a new mom is like, you're going to have all the feelings and like the more prepared you are for the whole range, um, the more you'll be able to cope with them because worse than a feeling is feeling surprised by a feeling. Cause most of us, when we're surprised by a feeling, we think there's something wrong with having that feeling. And so when a new mom says, or a new dad, like, oh, I don't seem to be enjoying anything about, you know, (laughs) this stage. And, you know, I feel disconnected from my baby if they're able to say, oh, well, I kind of expected to feel that way. That's part of the process. It's totally different than what happens when you think you're not supposed to feel that way. Same thing as being a founder. It's just like, okay, I'm going to feel excitement. I'm going to feel, yeah, overwhelmed. I'm going to feel passionate. I know that, but I'm also going to feel doubt. I'm going to feel imposter syndrome. I'm going to feel like, wait, there's someone out there who knows the exact answer to this question. I think there's definitely people out there who are going to help a lot in your journey. But if you're trying to start something new, there's probably no one who can answer the question of how to know something about something inherently unknown. So get ready for all the doubt um, and imposter feelings that are just part of that process. And number three um, is... You know, I guess just from my own experience, having a co-founder in this and whether it's that title or not, like having someone who you're like, I really feel like they're a thought partner for me. I really feel like when I'm really anxious about something, I can call them. I really feel like they're in it with me. I've never founded something totally on my own. But what I can say just from my experience is having that person that I can really trust that I feel like I'm like married to in the business. Um, Erica, I mean, is like everything to me. And like, I love her, I respect her, we balance each other, I trust her, and mostly I don't feel alone in any of this because of her. And I know for me, that's critical.
0: Dr. Becky Kennedy, founder of Good Inside. I am, I I literally feel blessed that you have been here today. The knowledge that you've shared, the honesty that you've shared with our community is about being a founder is second to none. And I can honestly say, and I hope you know that you are changing the world and you say you want to do that next, but you are well on your way. And I cannot wait to see where else this goes. And I hope that we can circle back at a later date for an update. Well, thank you, Lindsay, and thank you for having me. I told Becky before we started our interview that this conversation was going to be different. I wasn't asking her for parenting advice today. Yet I think you will all agree that the sage wisdom she shared here today can be applied to any facet of your life. There are so many takeaways from Becky. I hope that you loved hearing her share in a different way today. As always, I'll be sending these takeaways out to my email list. So make sure that you subscribe to the link in my show notes. When you do, you'll also get a lesson every single week to help you grow your own business. But for now, here are my top five takeaways from today's conversation. Number one, Learn it once and apply it forever. Learn the principles and apply them forever as a sturdy leader. Number two, every business is a business of humans, motivation, fear, shame, feeling good enough. Psychology is relevant in every business, your product, your team, and your systems. Number three, find people on your team that can help you to expand your practice, your mission, and what it is that you do. This will take you as the founder out of the business on a day-to-day basis. Number four pwc protect your calendar schedule your time proactively for things that matter to you and number five carve out time for things that light you up inside that you love that has nothing to do with work don't let your identity be consumed by any one thing this is important for the business too thank you dr becky kennedy for being here today i so enjoyed our conversation and thank you to everyone who's listened If you like what you heard on today's episode please make sure that you take out your phone scroll all the way down in that podcast app and click that five star rating or leave us a review so that others can find us we have some incredible guests coming up so please make sure that you subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts or follow us on spotify or wherever it is that you listen if you know someone who wants to start their own business or who has an idea please share them this share this episode with them Tag me on Instagram and I'll share those to say thank you. Stay tuned for another episode of Dear Found Her coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday.